0: The PIs Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler.
1: Good morning and welcome to the show. And if- It's Thursday, so it must be PIs declassified. Here we are. I have my guest, Matthew Spayer. He's the owner of Satellite Investigations in New York. And hi, Matthew. How are you today?
2: Hi. How you doing? So uh, so great to be here.
1: Yeah, we were just uh, you and I were just talking about the weather in in New York. You went from three degrees yesterday to a balmy fifty, and it's raining. It's just crazy.
2: Yeah, it's definitely nuts today. I will take the fifty any day over the three though.
1: Yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah. You know, I get once you get down below zero, I think it doesn't make any difference. Your face just gets cold faster. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, um, Matthew, I was fascinated by this article that you um that was featured in PI magazine. PI magazine is our, our industry reg and a great sponsor of the show. Um I'm just fascinated by it. It's called electronic canvassing, and I don't even understand that. I read the article; I still don't understand it. So, could could you fill us in a little bit?
2: Sure, sure, no no problem. So, um, my my background, um, the investigative work I do is is I focus on personal injury cases, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know when when somebody gets injured and they hire an attorney. Uh, the attorney then hires me to go out to the scene and, and work the case up and essentially find out exactly what happened. Sure. So traditionally, you know, we would go in person, you knock on doors, you talk to business owners, you try and get a sense of, of anybody that was around that saw what happened. Um, so several years ago, um, I kind of came up with the idea of trying to expand that um, to get into the social media. Uh, and you know, New York is a very busy place. Um, and there's always people around even at three, four o'clock in the morning, there's people Uh, around. uh, And what I found was that, uh, when accidents were happening or things were, were taking place, um, there, uh, people would, would post about it on their social media and then continue on with their life. By the time police officers showed up to investigate the matter, these people were gone, and nobody knew about them. So, uh, being able to locate direct eyewitnesses to accidents that aren't actually there to talk to police officers kind of gives you gives you some leverage or, or just a better sense or idea of, of what happened. So, it's so much more than the actual police report or investigative report that you get uh, on an incident where you're able to find direct eyewitnesses.
1: Interesting. So, how do you do that?
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's <a> good question. <laughs> so, I mean, typically, what what people have done in the past is, you know, you go on your Twitters, you go to 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 Facebook, um, you know, uh, Instagram. You go and you look around, uh, and, and you search, and you try try and look for people uh, talking. So, you know, finding uh, like keywords uh, w- was always the way to do it. And then, as technology got better, you could do uh, geofencing, where you could actually set up a perimeter. And anybody you know, discussing the matter within this particular perimeter, you you are able to um, see those postings and then try and track them down and locate them. So uh, there's really two aspects to it. There's there's the keyword search, um, where like for instance in in Manhattan, uh, I just saw a crazy accident on 42nd Street and Eighth Avenue. I, I hope this person is still alive. So you if you key in on that 42nd Street and Eighth Avenue, you'll be able to pull it up. Um, but you can also uh, set up a perimeter of seeing all postings and all traffic uh, within that uh, within that radius too. so there's really twofold two ways to go about looking at it
1: interesting. so um, what is your background, Matthew? I know you've been an investigator for like a long time, 20 years or so so what is your background where you how did you get uh, yeah, started you
2: know, it's uh, I'm, I'm in, in An interesting story. So I went to school for criminal justice uh, in New York City, um, John Jay College of Criminal Justice, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, graduating around 1995, um, early 96 is, um, I guess, technically when when I I got out. Um, I had done some internships for the Department of Investigation, which is like the internal affairs for all city agencies other than NYPD. And Mm -hmm. I was essentially guaranteed a, a job with them through my internship. Um, we had a new mayor come in at that particular time and that mayor made a declaration that there were no jobs available for anybody for three years. Um, so I now have my degree and I got nothing to do and I had to co fend for myself. Um, I took a lot of police tests and that process was unending federal tests, unending. Um, and I ended up taking uh, a job with a retail investigation company doing mystery shopping and pre-employment screening. Uh, we would set up scenarios in retail to catch people stealing, um, but I would also interview a lot of people uh, for you know, to determine whether or not they were good candidates for hire. so I really learned uh, investigative techniques in, in talking to people and interviewing them. Sure. Um, I did that for many years i got late, uh, or I left there to go into human resources I did that for three years, and then I ended up working for a personal injury attorney in house as an mm-hmm. investigator slash paralegal. And he actually wanted me to go to law school, uh, which I was lining up to do. But at the last minute, I decided not to take on all that debt to go to become a lawyer and take a chance and start my own business. So I basically right. talked the bank manager into lending me some money uh, to start my business. And uh, I paid back that loan in two years and hired my first employee after that, uh, probably a year or two later. Uh, so wow. I've been and- you know, in business since 2005.
1: Okay. So you actually got a bank loan in 2005?
2: I talked a bank manager into <laughs> uh, uh, what a private investigator was. Maybe he was a fan of Magnum. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't uh, know. That's intrigued. almost yeah, unheard he, of. Wow. He was intrigued by the idea, um, and uh, you know, he gave me a chance. And uh, he didn't lend me a lot of money, but it was enough to get me uh, get me going. And you know, starting a business when you're early on, you know, you work for free. You know, I, oh, yeah? I uh, didn't take a salary for a long time just to get it. Off the ground and, and going and run it, but God, you know, God has blessed me. I really, uh, I have a great, great business now, and uh, I have a bunch of people that work for me. And uh, you know, networking is really important too. So I have a lot of like 1099 contractors I work with also.
1: Networking is absolutely important. Now, I, I, I see in your bio that you're a member of uh, several associations: uh, Society of Professional Investigators, Spies, and uh, World Association of Detectives (WAD). Certified mm-hmm. Fraud Examiners in New York, uh, and Aldenese, you're a member of Aldenese mm-hmm. in New York, the Associated Licensed Detectives of New York. So how has yes. that benefited you?
2: Well, uh, you know, very early on, I had some mentors that suggested that I, I join these organizations. And it was some of the best advice I got. Um, so, you know, what's, what's funny is you, you join these associations, you show up to events, and I'm the only guy that's not an ex cop so I really got nothing to talk about with these people. Right. You know, because everybody's got their war stories. Me, I don't I don't really have my war stories. But I, I feel kept your going. pain,
1: Matthew. I feel your
3: Yeah,
2: pain. yeah. So, you know, like I kept going and I kept talking to people and I I always approach this as I want to talk to as many people in the room as possible because I want to understand what they do. Um, you know, to me, I'd rather be really good at doing five to ten things. i I want to be like awesome at that and everything else I'd I'd like to find someone else that's good to do it. And being a part of an association or, 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 um, uh, you know, a member of a society or or something really, you know, opens doors for you when a client calls you and says, I need you to do this. You don't have to say no. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, hold on. Let me, you know, let me find somebody for you. And, you know, you work out an agreement with this other investigator. They handle everything for you. And the client's happy, you know, they give you other business, and, and you're happy because you're not stressed out trying to do something you don't know how to do, uh, and you're getting good good results. And what's nice in New York is um, the um, Aldenese uh, is is statewide. So yes. uh, if I have a I have clients all the time call me and say like I need something up in Utica, uh, and instead of me driving you know hours and hours and hours up to go handle it, I know somebody local who's a professional who I know is going to do a good job. Uh, and gets good results and gets it done. So there's so many times that I'm, I'm able to do that. Um, you know, these, these associations are really, really important, especially if you're a small practice, just making yourself look bigger that you, you're able to to cover it. And, you know, through the associations is how I met uh, some of these businesses that, that uh, have this technology, this new technology. So they'll come in as guest speakers, and, you know, you... you uh, sit there and listen to what they have to say, and you think, oh, "How can I? How can I use this in my business?" Um, and I've even helped some of these guys develop a product that's more in line with what the investigative community needs. Uh-huh. Like, for instance, there was one company that was human resource related. It came in to talk to us, but it was really a human resource product. And, and a lot of the other investigators in the room, and I laughed the guy out the door. I took the uh-huh. time to talk to him, and we figured that we could create a product that would be good. Uh, for uh, human resource-related, uh, you know, like uh, behavior recognition. You know, so, you know, when is that important? Well, if you're trying to do some background on the, on potential jurors, um, you, you want to know which way they lean, what they think about what's important to them. So mm-hmm. uh, we were able to tie in that product, and it uh, we hit a home run with it. It was really great.
1: That's great. And it, is that product uh, available for purchase? Why, how, how does that work? Well, ba- uh, yeah, basically the way I work
2: it for my business is uh, – I'm a reseller of it, so, you know, if you need that done, contact me, and, uh, you know, we can work, work it through uh, through my business. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's one thing to find somebody, and we all can pretty much do it, um, you know, whatever your, your uh, choice is of, of the information providers out there, but really to get a sense of the background of the person, uh, and what's nice about it is it, it's done so quickly. So for instance with the jury uh selection, you know, we literally have like 20 30 minutes to go through 10 15 names at a time. And I right. got to find the person, correctly identify them and then do a, a quick background on them. And uh, all I have is their name and the county they live in. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty crazy, but it's uh, been It is crazy. Doing it. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So um so what what are the other applications? I guess employment applications? Um but what are the other applications besides jurors?
2: Yeah, I mean, employment screening, you've got to be real careful because they, there right. are uh, guidelines that you must follow. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, for my business, I tend to not do employment uh, verifications. I know there's some investigators out there that do it. Um, I, I would suggest that they confer with an employment attorney and just uh, you know, make sure they're following the guidelines um, right. and not, uh, not interfering with someone's privacy, It's is really, uh, really important.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah, there's lots of rules regarding uh, how you do an employment investigation and, and at your uh, consumer reporting agency if you're doing that and all those kind of things. Um, right. So what other applications do you have besides jurors?
2: Um, for the uh, object uh, behavior recognition it's uh, we, we run them on witnesses uh, you know any any uh, uh, attorney that's going in to um, go, uh, do a deposition? So if they want a background on the person, we could run it um, just to get a sense of who they're going to be talking to. Um, and, it, and that works on both sides, plaintiff and, and defense, uh, you know, or, or um, the, your, your witness or their witness, <laughs> essentially. Right, you know, right,
3: exactly. You, you want
2: to know what, what dirt they're going to dig up on your guy. And, you know, your the, the attorney's client may not be telling the whole story to, the, to their own client, so you want to do due diligence on that. Um, mm-hmm. An expert witness, somebody who you know, claims to have uh, this big extensive background, um, you know, you, you want to be able to, um, to look into that. So, so one of the other things also is like the DWI cases where there's, you know, sometimes a fatality involved um, or a very heavy accident. Um, you're trying to tie in the establishment that served the alcohol to, um, to the person who was involved in the accident is huge mm-hmm. uh, because, you, you know, you, you're able to extend the insurance policy from just the driver so now the place that was serving him that potentially is liable for the accident happening. So these social media searches, these behavior searches, when you, when you're you're able to get their accounts and they do their check-ins uh, or they're they're posting uh, about being at a particular location uh, at one time and then you know two or three hours later they're still there posting. Um, it gives you an idea of where they are and, it, and it's basically it's a, it's a, a thread to pull on um, to to look into further. It's a good way of um, so, putting it. So I mean, that's, that's some of yeah. some of the things uh, that that we look in. So it's really just, your know, character. You, you you use that te- technology to really understand the character of of who you're talking to and um, you know where it's going.
1: So I'm just curious, Matthew. Do you conduct trainings for this, or or would that uh, <laughs> would that uh, you know,
2: you, you create know, I a situation? Probably should <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't really got there yet, but it's part of the master plan. I assure you.
3: Is it really?
2: Um, know, it's, it's such uh, yeah, new technology, th- and and what we're doing with it is so exciting. Uh, I'm still getting the word out as to what it is, but um, you know, I, I'm trying to speak at it uh, about it at, at events. Um, uh, I've I've applied to talk at the Osmosis in in um, Orlando this this year. The Osmosis oh, cool. conference. Hopefully, you know they'll, they'll give me a slot. Um, I, I write articles constantly. Um, you know, attorneys are my real bread and butter for for business. So their their trade publications, I'm writing articles there. I'm I'm, I'm posting things on their website. I actually taught a CLE to attorneys last month um, nice. about this technology. Uh, that's, so that's you know, that's great. just getting the word out. That's kind of the phase I'm in right now.
1: So you mentioned osmosis. We probably should tell people what that is. Uh, so yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Why don't you say? Why not describe what okay, osmosis? Okay. So is.
2: Uh, uh, Cynthia Hetherington and the Hetherington Group uh, does a great. Um, a teaching event. Uh, so basically it's open to law enforcement, private investigators, security guards. Um, and it's like the who's who gets together once a year and they they bounce around the different States, uh, and they do training. So it's, uh, two days, two or three days worth of training. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's worth it. It's really worth it to go for two reasons. A, you're learning about the latest technology. Uh, uh, you're, you're learning what's, what's hot, you know, what's, yeah, right now, dark web and deep web is is the stuff that everyone's talking about. Bitcoin investigations—that's that's a big thing right now. So you're learning about that, um, but you're also networking. So you're getting investigators from all over the country that are coming in, and everybody's good at certain things. You know, and learning how to do and spending time and actually having face to face with people is really important. They have networking events like during that event. Um, I highly recommend uh, anybody making that investment to go to to. Um, um, one of these conferences, it's, uh, it's worth it. You know, it, it, as a, a sole practitioner, if if that's what you do or a smaller business, it hurts taking that time off. I get it. You're paying mm-hmm. to go to this thing and then you're not making money for a couple of days, but don't look at it that way. The way you've got to look at it is the knowledge that you're, you're getting and the relationships that you're building will make you tenfold uh, over time. If you, if you're smart about it.
1: You're absolutely right. And Cynthia is a great resource. I've, I've, attended her presentations and she's just she's full of so much educational knowledge for all of us it's uh she just runs a great show and uh just really valuable information so uh matthew we need to take a really quick break um for our sponsors and we'll be right back we'll be right back with matthew (laughs) Speyer.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com PI Magazine is the most respected magazine of the professional investigator. We feature stories and articles on current trends and issues, equipment reviews, tips, and practical advice. Don't miss the new and exciting year in PI Magazine. Subscribe today at PIMagazine.com. listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's one 472 5788 You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler.
1: I'm talking with Matthew Spayer, who is a licensed investigator in New York State, and we're talking about a electronic canvassing. And Matthew, one of the things you said early on in our conversation here is you talked about geofencing perim- uh, perimeters. Would you tell us about that? Because I know the term, but I wouldn't have the first idea how to do that. So could you fill us in?
2: Sure, no problem, uh, Francie. So. There are uh, some great tools out there. Um, you know, there, there. there's a way to set up uh, geo uh, geofencing, uh, through Twitter on your own. It's a real, it's a backdoor way uh, of doing it. Um, uh, I find it to, to take a lot of time and just really be confusing, and you don't really understand exactly what you're doing. But there, there are some companies out there um, that um, that have a great product. Like I, I work with a company called New Sonar. Uh, what, what's I've it been called? working with them for for media sonar media um, sonar
1: they okay. are
2: they are a great great company for this technology and their dashboard of of how you set things up is really really easy to to understand and get through you you essentially what you're doing is you're creating a perimeter so and you can make that uh perimeter as big or small as you as you need i think you can uh, i think you go like uh um uh, as, as small as a couple blocks, as, as big as like a, a city, or, or or even bigger. Actually, um, I know like when I do searches out in Long Island, it's, I, I gotta stretch it uh, pretty pretty far to find uh, to find things. So basically, you're setting up a perimeter that will capture uh, social media postings within the the perimeter. So it's more than just Twitter, um, uh, Facebook, or Instagram. They do VK also um and they're they're now actually working a lot on um on news postings like reddit is another thing they've they've, uh focused on where they're pulling uh information off of blogs and not just people posting on social media as well which Hmm. is uh, interesting if you're targeting a certain um, type of investigation that's not necessarily um location-based but more topic-based that's a a, a good tool to have. So yeah, interesting. Um, I, I really, uh, I recommend this company, you know, I've been working with them for, for a while and um, you know, they're really, um, they've got a great tool that's easy to use. Um, and what's also great about them is they have something called managed services. So if you don't understand it, you just hire them to do it for you. So if you call them, you tell them what you're, what you're looking for and they can do everything for you. They put it together in a nice, uh, a nice product, uh, well, you yeah, and it's reasonable so you can mark it up and you can you know you can make money off of it as well it's not completely you know out of bounds uh what? leaving you no no room to make anything on it so
1: that is a really um, good a really good tip so it's media
2: sonar yeah. media sonar S O N A R the name of the company yeah
1: yeah, yeah. s-o-n-a-r yep. sonar
2: yeah so okay so basically I, I use that i use another company called scope now uh which is also based out of new york I'll, um a lot of people in our industry actually uh, know, know Rob Galkus. He's been around uh-huh. you know, talking at different events. I'm, yeah, I'm familiar um, with I, I really scope now. Love, yeah, I love his product as well just because it, it casts such a nice net uh, of, of um, possibilities. And, and let's face it, there's no silver bullet here. You, know, you still have to do investigative work. You know, there's gumshoe work to be done. It's not you know, right. like knocking on doors is one thing, but also going through, and I call it canceling out the white noise. So you'll get a return back of, of all of these, you know, maybe you've got 100 uh, records or 200 or 1,000 or, or, 1, or 2,000 to go through. Um, and you, you cancel out the white noise to really focus in on what you're looking for. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So uh, a couple, uh, I think it was last year, early last year, almost about a year ago, um, there was a, a, a terrible accident in Manhattan where uh, a piece of a, a fire escape broke off. Yeah. Uh, fell three stories and struck two people. One person mm-hmm. was killed, and another person had a uh, horrible brain injuries. Uh, so, I used the, the defense technology. So, I set something up um, with within um, five or six blocks, um, and uh, then I also had an expanded keyword search on it too. And it came back with 10,000 people oh. uh, that had social media <laughs> postings. So 10,000 wow. a lot of number and a lot of time to go through, right? Uh, I don't have wow. time to go through 10,000 postings. I don't know if you do. So yeah. then I was able to narrow it down using this technology to 300 people that were posting specifically about this, this accident. Okay? And uh, from the 300, then I was able to narrow it down to seven direct eyewitnesses. So basically what you've got is you, you've got... Um, um, a few different categories. You've got the news, news categories, which is all your news articles, um, and those are important because you can gather information. You can grab video off of that. Often they're on the scene. Um, mm-hmm. They're, um, um, you know, they have, um, you know, a good idea of how everything looked at the time uh, that it happened. Then you've got your regurgitators. These are people that take those new news articles and they repost them on their own feeds. Those are important as well, just to kind of get those news right. articles. Um, then you have your direct eyewitnesses. So the direct eyewitnesses are, are really important. So those seven people, uh, man, I was able to track them down and talk to them. One guy had po- photos that he was trying to sell to the newspapers. Really? What happened? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. and what 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 was even crazier about this particular instance is I had about twenty four hours to get this together. So I had a, an attorney call me and say, you know, we're going to go meet with this person's family and we want them to retain us. So they actually had not been retained yet. And, and he said, give me some leverage here. Give me something I can show them that why they should hire us as opposed to um, the other uh, attorneys. So they were meeting with like five attorneys and these five attorneys all had, they had great uh, backgrounds. They all had award winning verdicts. They all had, you know, they, this person could hire any one of these five people and they would be fine. But for my particular client, he showed up with, you know, uh, ammunition, basically the work being done already, the, the, the canvassing being done. And he said, I think you should hire me because we, this is what we've already been able to find. We, I have a great investigator. And, and they were able to get the case. The, the, the person, you know, signed up and retained them, you know. You
3: know so that that is, it's
2: an example of, of how to use the technology before you even, you know, before you re, the, the, you're even hired to do it, you know?
1: That is phenomenal. That's just phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah. so that's so exciting. And I, but I can't even imagine you had 24 hours. I can't even imagine that.
2: Yeah. Oh, I so was you, up till two so or two you, three in the morning. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> so, so you okay. got no sleep. <laughs> but I, I tell you, they, they climb paid accordingly. You know, I submitted a bill and he was super appreciative because you know, this is a, a very valuable case that came to his office literally oh. because of the work that, that I did. Um, and you know, that's, that's one story of many. It's, um, it's, this technology is out there. Just learning how to use it, and some of it's not even—you don't even have to pay for it. Like a, a, another I- example, um, there's an app called Citizen. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it. Have, have no, you ever I'm not. heard of it before? Okay. No. Uh, so another tip. Another tip here for, for your listeners. Okay, great. So the Citizen app uh, basically is—it uh, was created with the idea that they're going to take Joe public, uh, people that are just walking around, and turn turn them into news reporters. So you go in and you customize what you want your area to be that you get your news alerts. And anytime there's any type of uh, activity over a police scanner or uh, something uh, reported to the news where there's a news stream, it'll give you an alert and encourage you to go to location, turn your phone on and take video. Um, so a lot of times I'm finding people that may have actually been there and saw an accident (laughs) happen through citizen or came after the fact. And, um, you know, on the death cases, it's really important to, to establish constant pain and suffering. So, if they mm-hmm. saw something where a person who unfortunately had passed away but was still alive at the time is very valuable in New York case law for these types of injuries, you know, so that that's a good witness that we need to, to talk to.
1: That is, this is just fascinating. Um, so, I'm sure this isn't really supported by law enforcement, <laughs> having people go out to your crime scene and, and take videos,
2: but. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, hey, listen. In New York, I don't know how it is around the country, but in New York, they're all wearing body cameras now anyways. Uh, yeah, that's true. Police. So uh, it's, uh, it's the world we live in now, you know?
1: It is for sure the world we live in, and this is just fascinating. So, um, le- um, Matthew, give your website so people who want to contact yep. you about this can sure. do so.
2: Sure. It's uh, www.satellite, S-A-T-E-L-L-I-T-E the letter P as in Peter, I as in indigo.com.
1: Okay, so good.
2: PI.com.
1: Okay, great. So, uh, if you were to describe electronic canvassing, how would you describe it?
2: Um, a, a necessary tool for every investigator's toolbox. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it really gives you leverage. So, um, basically, you know, it, it helps you um, do your due diligence. So, like an attorney has a fiduciary responsibility uh, on their cases to work a case up and, and cover as much evidence as possible and, and, and uh, spend as much as they can to, to get the most amount for their, for their clients. You know they, they have this responsibility to invest in their cases. And I think we as investigators have a responsibility to invest in turn in technology to make sure that we're really leaving no stone unturned. And I, I think this technology really helps you helps you do it, you know, um, and, and there are plenty of times that, you know, you'll run these searches and you'll get a false positive or you won't find any, any information. Um, but you can go back to your client and say, hey, listen, we turned over every stone here and there's, there's nothing out there. And uh, it just uh, solidifies the information that you have already developed as being, you know, probable cause of what happened as opposed to, you know, hey, is there something else out there? something else we, we, we didn't look at, you know, the, 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 the contrapositive approach, you know, an alternate possibility, you know, it helps you cut that out. So it's, uh, that's important.
1: Okay. So, um, so do you ever have to testify to the information you've gathered?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, testify in court, um, all the, all the time, um, on, on my findings. Um, you know, the, the one thing I, I would caution, uh, with regards to social media and, and, um, uh, you know, post that you're coming across. Um, as investigators, at least this the way it's in New York, we are the extensions of attorneys. Uh-huh. So the, the ethical uh, guidelines that an attorney has, we're bound by those also. There's case law uh, from, from 2010. I cite it in the article uh, that basically states that, you know, we are an extension of, of our attorneys. So what that means is, you know, don't create the fake profiles to get somebody to friend request you. Like that's, it's not ethical. Um, you know, you really, if, if someone's profile is public, it's fair game, but if it's private, it's, it's not, but there are ways around it. And the ethical way around it is you do all your other investigations and you, you, uh, take a look at everything that could point to the fact that this private account is important for, uh, discovery and what will happen is a good attorney will create something called an in-camera inspection, where it's basically a hearing between the judge and both uh, the plaintiff and defendant attorneys. Uh-huh. And the judge will review the private social media account and decide whether or not it's valuable for the case. So basically, instead of having a phishing expedition where the attorney says, Your Honor, we believe their Facebook account has uh, important information. By doing your initial workup and finding the information um, through electronic canvassing, you can say, Your Honor, we found this, this, and that, and we believe that that private account is important because of this reason. There's a better chance that judge is going to say yes than if you just say, well, I believe it, but I have no information to back it up. So that's one way to get around that private account thing. Um, Now, the other thing, too, is how you house your information, too, that you recover, and uh, there are companies out there that actually specialize in doing it. Uh, SMIware, I think, is a company uh, out, of, I think out of Pittsburgh, where they they will recover uh, and uh, I guess store the the social media account information um, in in guidelines where uh, if you need it for court later on, um, uh. they're able to to give it to you under that. And I met those folks at Osmosis out in Las Vegas this year. You know, that's what the the, the networking. Is so important, um, you know. Now I know it's like okay. If I find something that's meaty that I'm going to need for trial later on, I got to make sure I'm taking the steps to to uh, show that chain of custody uh, in in a way that needs to be um, that that'll be admissible to court.
1: Have you have you used Hunchley?
2: No, no, I haven't, um, and I know that's another one uh, another one out there. Um, and again, there there are plenty of different companies out there, and it, my suggestion is you test drive them, contact them. Go through their um, their test phase and really see if it's something that you're comfortable in using um, for any technology out there. Right. You know, to me, I always find that companies that have really good uh, customer service are the companies I like to deal with.
1: So can you give me a, a case example, a case that you use this where you went to the judge and got information how you built that up?
2: Yeah, um so we had a, a DWI case out in Long Island where um a, a guy had uh, uh been been drinking and he got into a terrible accident um with a brain injury I and mean, it, it was just awesome uh, awful how how everything happened, you know. Um and what was uh, uh his social media had a whole bunch of uh, information on there that was important and even him talking about the accident at, at one point, and um, it disappeared. You know, it was there initially, and then somebody—he probably hired an attorney—that said, you know, "Pull down," and all of a sudden, it was—it uh, was gone. So mm-hmm. um, we knew it existed, <laughs> but then it didn't exist. Uh, so being able to provide that information to um, to my client. Um, that one's still, still in the process of, of going through and, uh, they're, uh, they're working on getting that information together. And, you know, unfortunately I'm usually not present for those in-camera inspections. Right. I haven't, I haven't been asked to to actually come in for one. I, it, that could happen down the line. The technology is so new. Um, uh, I, I think they're still catching up. And, and what's funny is I, I did go to a CLE, uh, earlier last year, that a judge was part of the panel. They were talking about social media investigations. And the judge was like, I don't understand any of this stuff. You know, like, it, it's so right. brand new. Like, they, they don't even <laughs> right. know. Like, you need to educate. It's uh, it, it's crazy. It's such a wild, wild west. And if you look, you know, uh, Facebook is constantly changing. You know, what's permissible and what's not permissible is constantly changing. Um, yes, that's true. And, and the laws are, are constantly changing, too. So it's our responsibility to stay on top of that stuff. So as the, the opinions change and they come out, uh, I, I always post, you know, on my, on my social media, like, hey, you know, for my client attorneys, like, this the law just changed. Make yourself aware of it, you know, because it is, it's a, le- uh, a live, living, breathing thing, you know? Yeah,
1: know. Yes, it certainly is very dynamic. Uh, absolutely, because we have a, a case where we've been following this woman and she's put her Facebook up and taken it down and put her, it up and taken it down just in the last maybe the last uh 30 days (laughs) it's been amazing and uh, you know and who knows why she's doing that it doesn't make any sense you know if you're going to take it down why would you put it back up
2: it's it's crazy and the thing is is like what's also important is that they don't delete anything like when 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 i meet with a client for the plaintiff like they usually have a check sheet that they leave with the client on instructions on what to do like if something's up there the worst thing you can do is delete it like it won't if it's up there, just own it. You know, live with it and do damage control. Don't take it down. You know, make your mm-hmm. make your account private, but don't delete it. Basically, is what they tell yeah.
1: you. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to take another break, Matthew. We'll be right back. This is so fascinating. Thank you.
0: News, News. opinion, News. opinion. PI Magazine is the most respected magazine of the professional investigator. We feature stories and articles on current trends and issues, equipment reviews, tips, and practical advice. Don't miss the new and exciting year in PI Magazine. Subscribe today at PIMagazine.com. listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at one 472 5788 That's one 472 5788 You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler.
1: I'm my guest, is Matthew Spayer and we're here talking about electronic canvassing, uh, geofencing, all kinds of technology that I certainly haven't been familiar with, and I hope this is uh, giving you tips to do your investigations if you're listening. Um, so, Matthew, kind of take us through, you know, kind of step by step what you do when you get one of these cases.
2: Okay, sure. Um, I know we were talking earlier about the twenty-four hour case, and I think that's that's kind of an interesting one to um, to tag onto because it 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 involved open source, it involves uh, you know the the paid searches, and it also involved this geo um, geo fencing. So I think that's that's a good one to touch on. Okay. Um, so I got the the frantic phone call from my client saying, you know, we we would like to get this case. What you know what kind of leverage can you, can you give us? And he said, all I have is the brother of the injured individual who I knew was like a 23-year-old art student. Um, I didn't even know her name. I just had her uh-huh. brother's information and his telephone number. And he said, that's all I got. And I know, I know <laughs> it happened on this date, all right? And he said, find me, find me the information, right? So um, I had the brother's telephone number, but his, his telephone number was from Argentina, so now it's like okay. So how do I get <laughs> how do I get this information?
3: Right.
2: And uh, I, I use TLO. I know there are a lot of folks out there that there's some back and forth now with uh, mm. with rate changes with these guys. But I, I, there's no better service out there. I, I really love these guys. The the way their product is and how they put things together. Let me just
1: describe uh, quickly TLO. TLO, folks, is a proprietary database that private investigators can subscribe to, and they have to be vetted. I mean, we have to provide our private investigator's license and all kinds of, jump through all kinds of hoops to get access to this information. So it isn't out there for the public, and it isn't this kind of thing that you get on the web where you can give your credit card and get information about anybody. It's, uh, It's very proprietary. So I just wanted to put that in there
2: yeah definitely and they'll come out and they have, they actually do a site visit also they have to verify that you're, you know, how you keep your records um, but you, but the trade-off is you get really good up-to-date data um, so I, I had some leads through Tlo with this gentleman uh, but I still couldn't connect the dots with who his sister was so then I went online and I started searching through all the news articles. And there were quite a few news articles about this. And then there were some law firms that actually discussed the news articles. So what happened is they like to blog. So anytime there's this big, huge accident that happens in New York, even though they're not retained, they'll blog and they'll talk about it. So this particular blog was with regards to uh, fire escape safety and how important it is and, and what the rules and the guidelines are for it. And this particular news article did a big no-no. They put the girl's name in their article. They're not mm. supposed to do that. It mm. wasn't anywhere. Very so helpful. now I had her, her her first name and her last name and I had the brother's first name and last name, and I got a hit. So I was able now to identify and really open the scope, and I was able to find her social media, his social media, like everything, it just opened the floodgates. Um, and then, you know, I started doing my open source investigations and going to um, see, like, hey, what, what exactly is the fire escape code in New York City? Mm-hmm. I should probably understand what that is to understand if they violated any anything in this building. right? So I, I went and took a look, and... Uh, in New York uh, City, the code is every five years they have to have an inspection done, and it has to be, I guess, cleared through inspections being safe. Uh, and in fact, the person that was on the fire escape that caused the piece of the fire escape to break off and fall fall down was in the process of doing that uh, inspection. Oh so wow! The problem was is that she was doing that in- inspection o- two weeks over the five-year deadline, <laughs> so they were actually in violation. Uh, of um, having that, that um, fire escape inspected. So is that the deal breaker for the, for the case, for the defense? I, I don't know, but it doesn't make them look good, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I started digging in deeper and deeper, and then I pulled the history of the building, permits, violations, um, yeah, doing that open source uh, uh, information. I had to file some FOILs to get some information, so that was obviously something that I didn't get right on the bat, but um, I did get that information later on. Um, And then from there, I went and did the social media investigation for the eyewitnesses. And I I, I tell you, like he, the attorney was meeting with the client during the middle of his meeting, as I was feeding him witness (laughs) information, (laughs) like here's here's, uh, like a a comment from from guy saying like, I saw what happened and uh, I can't believe it just missed me. You know, like, you know, uh, you know. I saw this, this woman, you know, knocked out, bleeding on the ground all over the place, you know. Then we had our videos and we had everything, too. So it was like, it was a no-brainer. This person was totally going to hire um, the attorney. So it was uh, the... Um, uh, you know, using the paid searches, doing my my open source investigations, and then using the geo fencing keyword uh, and, and keyword technology to really, you know, hammer hammer at home and, and get everything that I need to do. And you know, with those paid services, uh, the the investigative uh, uh, proprietary stuff. You know, it, it's really important to use more than one. Um yes. You know, uh, to yes. me, I, I think three is is the uh, the magic number. Uh, just to bounce, bounce them through. And I, yes, you're going to get some competitive data and you're going to, you're going to pay, you know, a little bit more than, than if you just ran one, but I, I'd rather pay a little bit more, know that I have hundred percent knocked out the white noise, um, and, and know exactly who I'm looking at uh, and you build it into your price, you know, and that, well, that's what I, I, I don't understand. Like people complain about prices being raised right. for searches and stuff like that, but we just bill accordingly. It's, you know, cost of doing business. Right.
1: Yeah, and so you probably use you use tracers?
2: Do you um I you know, I've I've been <laughs> back and forth with them. We're having a discussion right now. <laughs> I see.
1: So who do you use? It yeah. would be interesting to know.
2: Um so I mean the Scope Now and, and T L O are the are the two that I'll I'll stand behind. I have a, a couple other ones that I, I um I'm not married to and um uh they're not my go to people. But I say like those two are really the 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 ones um yeah, I know IRB has something now too, where they're they're offering a discount for people, and I've used them over the years. Um, I used Merlin before Merlin. I think we're yeah. up by IRB. So um, you know, it's it, you do this long enough, you you know what what a good database is and and what's what's not. But it's it's again, there's no magic bullet there. You know, you really need to 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 look at many different factors and do your open source work as well. Um, like, you really need to right, dedicate it- some time.
1: Yeah, you're right about having um, two or three, though, uh, data providers because they often have different information, just a little bit different, that gives you a lead. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's it's very important to have. I, I agree with you. I, I have three as well. So um, I think it's yeah, really important. And, and
2: the thing is that's just their their AI, the artificial intelligence that they use to determine what's important to you, uh, mm-hmm. and they'll cut out things that maybe you want to see that's important. That's what I love about Scope Scope now. It really it gives you such a broad... Window that you can go in and then now uh, remove, remove, remove. I don't need this. It's not important. You know, uh, you know. But it takes legwork. You know, some it people does. they don't want to dedicate the time to go through that stuff. But some of it's almost right. like this is what we get paid to do. We need to do it. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, you can't just turn it over and let them do it for you. It, you've got to
2: correct. I, I think correct. you have to gather like the information. If you, if you don't want to do it yourself, hire hire somebody to be your computer specialist and do it for you. Yeah. You
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned when we were offline you mentioned your trinity of tool that in, yeah. in your toolkit. So those three things yeah. are they geofencing uh, what else?
2: Yeah. So so uh, your your proprietary paid sources um, uh-huh. and your your open source investigation. So okay. you know what's what's crazy is that you know, it, it is really the, the trinity, you know, one alone will never get you what you need, but you use all three together. And, you know, now you've got a good sense of what happened. You know, they can't function alone. It needs to be, you know, it's, it's like the wonder twins coming together. <laughs> you know, it's, like yeah, everything needs to be in place for it to, to get you the good picture.
1: Yeah. And I, I thought what was really interesting in your article, one of the things is it's a really good uh, advice is to Test drive the products, see if they yeah. work for you. I had a similar experience. What you were talking about, like you were talking about the human resources background uh, information that you worked with them. I had a similar uh, situation with uh, a case management situation that was being offered. And I personally have never ha- found a case management system that worked for me specifically. But but we right spent with a you. lot of.
2: I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, so we spent some time. I I didn't purchase it because it's too expensive for me. But uh, but I worked with them on building it up so it could work for various types of investigations. And I think that's important. They need they often need information and input from industry, even if they're private investigators,
2: <laughs> because yeah. usually we don't. I, do I have it, a you know. a, boot, a bootleg case management system. It's called Google Calendar, Dropbox, and the Excel online spreadsheet. There's no there better case go. management system than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and word and word because you can. It, it works. Do yeah, it work. really,
2: uh, it really does.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Matthew. I, Matthew, I have not found anything. I, every time one of those comes out, I look at it and evaluate it and see if it will even evaluate it at my office, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so,
2: well, well, not only that, I think they try and build in things that you don't need, and that's that's the problem I have with the case management system. I'll have a conversation with somebody, and, and it's like, oh, you can do this, you can do that, you can do that. I say, okay, well, let me see it. And they show it to you, and it's not the way you would do it. Like, mm-hmm. like for instance, there was one where they would draft up the witness statement for you, and basically it, it fills in the data, you know, like a, it's, it's a template that fills in the data. I said, well, that looks kind of clunky. I don't think that affidavit would look really good in court. I'd rather have something either handwritten or something that we can write in general, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you could do that, but I'm like, well, what am what am I paying for this extra thing now for that I'm not actually using? So right. they they sell you more than you need, essentially. Is what um, you know, what I've found.
1: Right, and then there's things that you do need that that aren't part of the process. <laughs> so.
2: you right. you gotta pay extra for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, but these the tips you've gave given today here are just super. Now. Um, I want to emphasize this because uh, you did. we kind of mentioned this in passing in the ethics opinion for the New York State Bar. It's not mm-hmm. just an ethics opinion. Uh, it is also the uh, data provider's subscri- subscriber agreement, like Facebook. Facebook specifically yes. says you cannot pretext to get information on another person. You can't set up a fake ID to get into somebody's private account. And that's a violation. People do it
2: all the time, yeah. They yeah. do it all the time. In our industry, yeah. yeah. They right, they do it. All they the
1: do the time. it and it's, it's the worst thing you can do. Exactly. And it, it'll come back to haunt you eventually. I mean, and particularly, well, in California, for, for example, um, for criminal defense, you have to identify yourself. You cannot pretext a witness on a criminal defense case. You have to tell them who you are and who you're working for. So that would be a, a, a bigger violation because that's a, a penal. Yeah, penal I, and
2: it's, it's not just a violation, it's your reputation. So, so I, I think what folks need to realize is that our reputation is everything. And the scrutiny that we come across when yeah. we're uh, an expert witness, you know, they really, like I've, I've given depositions where, you know, people have done background on me. And it's like, wow, okay, this person really came prepared. You know, I had one guy, like, uh, talking to me about my website and all that, and you could see that he went through it. And, and uh, you know, on the record, I'm like, uh, can I ask you a question? And he's like, what? I'm like, I just did redid my website. What do you think? <laughs> did it turn out? <laughs> do you think it's good? <laughs> you know, and he was, he was chuckling about it. And, you know, it's, it's crazy the background that they, uh, that they do and the questions that they ask. You know, when, when I've testified, like, I've been asked, like, how much money do I make? You know, what's the relevance of that, you know? And my question to him was, well, are you talking to me personally? You're talking about my business. Uh And as soon as he said that, he said, oh, business, because you're a salesman, you'll say or do anything that your client wants to do. Oh, wow. Now, that's not true, but he's trying to make me look bad. And I told him, I was like, no, I call it sales because in New York State, we're required to collect sales tax. So the New York State Department of Tax and Finance calls it sales. So I will call it sales. Right. And then he looked at me and said, fair enough. And, uh, you know, yeah. never ask a question you don't know an answer to. And that's, yeah, I kind of set them up on that. But that's, that's what happens when you understand. So the truth will be uh, uh, the same 100% of the time. If you're doing things well, with integrity and right. doing things the right way, when you have to testify about it, it's going to be the same 100% of the time. Um, and that is, you know, a, that going is a into common, those gray areas is not good.
1: Right. That is a common question when you're on the witness stand. They always ask investigators and experts that. And it's irrelevant because they're getting paid, too. The judge is getting paid. The the attorneys are getting paid. It doesn't matter. It's crazy. But anyway, Matthew, we're at the end of our hour. We're uh, out of time. And I really appreciate all your input. Uh, I find this very exciting. And I'm going to be in contact with you later about some other things. So so the rest of you. Tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators like Matthew Speyer. It's PIs Declassified and Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Matt.
0: You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to
3: you on the Voice America Variety Channel.